0: So he's just playing a a song called The Church is One Foundation. And there's a line that talks about the mystic sweet communion between the church on earth and the church in heaven. And that's what this passage is about. And so oftentimes Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Faith. So it gives a long description of believers that have... um, been walking with God in the Old Testament, how they look forward to the believers in the New Testament. and So you can find the passage of Scripture in your bulletin. I'm going to read one small section from the beginning of Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3, then we're going to skip down to 32 through 40, and then I'll read the last two verses in chapter 12. So this is God's Word to you today. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen, For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Then skip down to verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, Enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, said that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment, and they were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect." Therefore, since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It's our practice here to spend a few moments in silence and pray very simply what I want us to Imagine, this is a biblical uh, thing that we're doing, is imagine those who have died um, in this room with us. And what we're doing, very simply, is joining them in what they have been doing all along, which is that they are with Jesus, talking about Jesus to Him. That's what worship is, that we commune with Him and simply Talk to him about how incredible he is. They are doing that, and they, uh, are, we are joining them as, as we worship together. And so let's pray. Father, Son, in spirit, we come now to the throne of grace, which was opened up to us by Jesus Christ and by his blood and made possible for us to become aware of it by the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, as we join uh, your people, as we join in worship with your people from all the ages, that you would give us a vision of that kingdom, of the kingdom that you're bringing uh, into the midst of this world. And, Lord, uh, help us to know that we can be sober, that we can endure, that we can run this marathon of a race um, to the end. And we ask, Lord, that you would keep our eyes on the founder and the perfecter of that faith that you've given us. In Christ's name, amen. So very, very quickly... Very short sermon today because of all that we've uh, shared today. But the metaphor about life in our passage is the writer is saying that life is like a race. And it's not like a sprint. It's like a marathon. And on that race, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Kind of like, you know, the people up in the balcony. You could think, y'all, y'all could be our cloud of witnesses today, okay? Watching the saints here on earth run the race Of this life now, what is what is a witness? A a witness um, is somebody that is a spectator, that is an observer of what's going on. When I have had the great privilege of officiating some of your marriages, and I'm looking at you dead in your eyes right now, Um, there is there is all sorts of very holy things that happen in marriages, uh, and especially on the wedding day. But it's very unique. When you watch the bride come down the aisle, it's beautiful. If you watch the groom's face also beautiful. Um, but there is another moment that I would say is just as holy and it's when the the father hands the bride off to the groom and then everyone sort of is is a spectator of this union coming together for the first time and you kind of see and I have I have a uh, the couples stop and just look at everybody's face, even though it feels a little awkward. Because there's only one other time in the world where people are going to be gathered to observe you and what's happening in your life. Um, And the reason why that's so important is that that is a, a, a picture of what's happening in the book of Hebrews that there's if we could if we could rip the veil open right now and see what's going on in the world that is invisible you would have people that love you and that are cheering you on right now saying you you're going to make it you can do this keep going we are for you just like those witnesses at a wedding that they're saying we we are for this union and we're going to cheer you on until death do you part. Now the scriptures say that the cloud of witnesses in heaven that they are interested in how you are running the race right now. In fact, it even says that in some ways they aren't complete without us, which is very bizarre. And in verse eleven, chapter eleven, verse forty, it means that in some mysterious way. The church here on earth is sort of interlocked and connected to the church in heaven. And when you think about clouds, I don't want you to think about uh, something that's sort of like in the sky. The cloud in the scripture always represented God's presence. That's what the cloud is. Where the cloud is, there God is. And when people die in the Lord they enter into the presence of God. And so, in some sense, when you die, and this is the great Christian hope on this side of the new creation, when you die, you are in some sense more alive than you are right now. So Dwight Moody from Chicago, if you know that name, right before his death, he said, very soon you're going to read in the obituary that Dwight L. Moody is dead. And he said, I don't want you to believe it. I will be more alive then than I am right now. That's how somebody who knows Jesus is supposed to think. This is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Now, prior to our passage, the writer of Hebrews has this long list of people in the Old Testament who lived hard lives and they died. But the reason why they were faithful is because they believed in another world to come that could not be shaken, that was eternal, that could not be infected with sin that could not be infected with disease, that could not be infected with anxiety or shame, that that was the world that was heading for them. And the writer is saying that these are the people that are telling you right now, don't give up. And they are made of the same stuff that you're made of. And they were sawn in two. Some of them lived horrible lives in terms of Physical suffering. Some of them lived horrible lives in terms of emotional turmoil, and they made it to the end. And what they're telling you right now is, you will make it too. You will. Now, I don't. I don't like running. I would even say, I know this is a strong word. I hate running. Um, and I. Uh, I try to get through it by playing a sport and, you know, get your cardio up by not thinking that you're actually doing the thing that's really tough, but I will say I have been coerced into running in races by some of you here in this room, and it is different when people are cheering you on when you run. It just is. I don't know if it's the adrenaline, but I also think there's a a sense into which, like, it just matters when other people are surrounding you and saying, you got this, you got this, now, guys, I want you to know that, and this goes for children too. The Christian life is hard; it's the hardest thing that you could do. And when you uh, when you think about the Christian life, it's not a sprint; it is a marathon. And God, what God wants in you is endurance more than zeal, because that's what it's going to require. And the writer of Hebrews is saying to you, you have people right now in heaven saying, you are going to make it. Keep going. Get up. Of course it's hard, but, but you're going to make it. And the moment we hear that, we think, okay, I got to find my grit because that's where the glory is, you know. And there's a part in which that, that is true. But in the end, that's not going to get you through in this life with the Lord. Your toughness. What does verse 2 in chapter 12 say? That when you run, you're supposed to be looking at somebody. Look, what we've been saying all along at this church is that this is how the gospel changes us. Not just our wills or our our determination, but... To be, to, to be in Christ is to be a different type of runner, is to be a different type of human being. And the reason why is because the real way that you're going to get through suffering, the real way that, that many of you in this room are going to get through the thing that you're dealing with right now that is so terribly hard, the real way you get through it is if you look to Jesus Christ and you know that I can't face what I'm facing in this life through, through sheer determination and will, but I'm facing what I'm facing in my life because He faced it for me. That He's literally facing what I don't want to face, right? He's facing it for me. It says in our text that He is the founder and the finisher of our faith. He's the archegos, which means He solidifies our faith. And he's the Teloites, which means he's going to bring to completion what he starts in you, no matter what. And you can't thwart the plan. You can't mess it up. You cannot mess your life up. The reason why is because you are in Christ. And guys, he finished the race. He, he blasted through the finish line. And when you have weak faith... That's fine, so long as it's in the right object. It doesn't matter the strength of your faith. It doesn't matter how fast you run. It doesn't matter if you're tired in this season. It does not matter what you've done. If you believe in Christ, you will make it. And it's one thing to have clouds of witnesses saying you're going to make it. It's another thing when God says you will make it. Because they're like, well, how do you know? And he says, because I've seen the end of you because it's in me. That's where you that's where you belong. That's where the that's where when we when we take communion, that's what lasts eternally. Like the tree planted by the stream of water that yields its fruit in its season. And so look, y'all, your current strength or lack of faith in this season doesn't really matter. What matters is that God will make you perfect. And is continuing to make you perfect. And when that, when you understand that, that's what faith is. That your faith does not save you. Jesus saves you through your faith. When you grasp a hold of that, the self that we've been talking about in the Book of Esther gets lost in another. And you realize that my life is actually about Jesus Christ. That's how we let go of sin and shame. That's how we despise shame. Because there is no shame in Jesus Christ. And so you come to this table and you say, I'm full of shame. Or you have something in your life that you don't want to be exposed. And you say, that ain't who I am. This is who I am. I am perfect in Christ. That to know in some mysterious way, this is what it means to be the people of God. That we sit already ascended on high with the saints who have gone before us. And that when we come to this table, y'all, we really do. We enter the throne room of God in in a spiritual way. And you sense that this is home. This is my completion. This is who I belong to. These are my people because they're with Christ. And we commune. When we do that, we commune with the saints here on this earth in a universal way, but also the saints in heaven. Father, we thank you uh, for your son Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. We look to him as we run this race, and he looks to us as we run the race for him. Um, and Lord, I pray that as we imagine uh, the saints that cheer us on through, through this world, um, that we would be found in Christ And that we would be strengthened uh, at this table for nourishment along the way. And so, Father, please commune with us.